You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Oz Network for another episode of. It's not the Oz Network anymore; it's just Oz Network. Um, we're rebranding. It's uh, a new era, phase two. Uh, we are back for another episode of Lost, the podcast about things that have gone missing. Uh, nearly through season three, still going, <laughs> nearly there. We're in the home stretch, and we've got some good episodes coming. Uh, so this week we are talking about Ben, and I'm not talking about Ben Waterworth. Uh, this is the man behind the curtain. Uh, and my name is Noah, and uh, <laughs> help me. <laughs> So you can go with rodents. Um, <laughs> and my name is Ben. Just to let you know, I'm actually behind a curtain this week. I thought I would team with the theme. Um, and what's your problem? You're usually chatty Cathy in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this week, finally, after being introduced midway through season two, we finally have our Ben-centric episode. Um, they've been really building this up. We've had two Juliets this season, but they've been holding off Ben's. Obviously, they were going to do something big, uh, and they finally did on The Man Behind the Curtain, which is the 69th episode of the show, Ben. And it was aired on you said it. May 9th, 2007. Uh, it was written by Elizabeth Sarnoff and Drew Goddard and directed by... Bobby Roth. Bobby! (laughs) The Bobby Roth. There he is. Um, So, yeah, this is uh, The Man Behind the Curtain, which I remember this vividly the first time it aired. Uh, This is a big one. I feel like maybe it's not aged as well as it could have just because of the later Dharma stuff we see and it, it loses some significance, but Overall, a very memorable episode. Yeah, I love this episode. I think it's great. And, yeah, it's it's been a while since we've met Ben and it kind of does feel very much long overdue to get this, but I think it's just such a great payoff. I think it's one of these ones where you've been waiting, you've been waiting, and then finally it happens and you, you're glad it's kind of come about. So, um, I mean, we get some amazing stuff. Uh, with Ben and Locke and kind of just the ending as well. Like, I remember watching this live going, what the fuck just happened? Um, so, yeah. Uh, Michael Emerson, surely, uh, did he win anything for this? Like, I mean, just owns it. He owns... Did he win? He just should win everything for everything. <laughs> he should just... He should have become president of the United States after this episode. He should have just watched this and gone, fuck, you're the president. Uh, just so good. Right. Um, we, I think we just need to rename ourselves the Michael Emerson Network. I think, you know, might get, an, yeah. might get an interview with him eventually. But that means we have to do Arrow. Well, we could just just do Ben all the time. Like, I mean, like, it's kind of... We could do that Italian. We thing. could, exactly. But no, I... The mini series. I really like this episode, so I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, Michael Emerson is amazing, as is Terry O'Quinn, but... What kind of blows my mind looking back on this episode is that Michael Emerson is barely in it, in the the flashback type. Of course, it's Ben, and it's all very Ben-centric, but if you really look back, he's barely in any of the flashbacks. Baby Ben. Uh, 
baby Ben, who He's actually pretty uh, good himself. I think the young Ben's quite good, actually. Are you are you buying baby Ben oh, as yeah as Ben? I, I would. I'm actually just seeing here. Uh, Michael Emerson submitted this episode for consideration for outstanding supporting actor in a drama series at the 59th Primetime Emmy Awards, an award he would go on to be nominated for, but he lost to. Terry O'Quinn for his own submitted episode <laughs> for the man from Tallahassee. Oh. So you wonder if he got up on the stage and he's like, I win again, Michael. <laughs> Better luck next time. They're always just having this little rivalry. It stretches out into real life. <laughs> I mean, I love Terry O'Quinn as an actor. Michael Emerson deserved the win, I think. Mm. Um, it's funny that you call him Baby Ben. Uh, He's baby. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, watching this episode back, uh, this shows how much of a baby I am. But baby Ben is one month older than I am. Oh wow! So when I first watched this episode, I was I was baby Ben too. <laughs> um, so that shows my age. But he looks like he's still acting. Um, Probably got more roles than Michael Emerson. <laughs> well, he's in Law and Order True Crime. Oh, coming soon to the Spin Oz Network. Man. SWAT. Oh, oh, actually, sad news to report, Noah, just while you're running out random TV shows, Murphy Brown got cancelled. What? No! <laughs> like, I was so Stop sad. <laughs> I forgot to what? tell you that. <laughs> Oh, I don't think we can go. No, on. I just, I'm sorry to bring this episode down so quickly that Michael Emerson didn't win an Emmy for this and that Murphy Brown's been cancelled, but. Oh, what a downer. Oh, no. Murphy. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to break the news, but we're not going to launch all episodes of Murphy Brown Rick. No point anymore. We're just not going to do it. No. No. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> bring back Murphy Brown. <laughs> Bring back, bring back Murphy Brown. <laughs> the reboot of the reboot needs oh. to come back. Yeah, they've got to reboot Murphy Brown reboot. <laughs> Murphy Brown got cancelled and Manifest got renewed. <laughs> this world is all off balance. Can we, can we please, um, on our random rewatch, you know, that day that we, Colin and Rossi usually, uh, just do a random episode of a TV show, can we just randomly do a Manifest episode? <laughs> We will do Manifest and we'll do Murphy Brown and then vote Done. for them. <laughs> well, Colin and Rossi will. They'll get back to us with the dialogue. I did. I did James Bond uh, Jr. with Colin. That was a waste of time, but whatever. All right. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Baby Ben, I guess we should go through the flashback. Um, it's quite a long one. Uh, I have to say, love Ben as a character, and there's a lot of kind of revelations and shocks here did we need another bad dad plot line <laughs> come on it's getting ridiculous now isn't it mm. i want a bad uncle storyline <laughs> are you trying to tell us something i have a bunch of uncles who i never see i mean i don't know if they're bad or not like they're probably good but but you just have just imagine being damon lindelof's dad <laughs> watching the show because i I can't imagine they have a great relationship. <laughs> probably have like a great... They probably do. And you're probably just like, oh man, I wish I had a bad relationship with my dad. <laughs> it's just... It's getting a little ridiculous that every character that pops up, it's like their dad is terrible. Um, but anyway, uh, so we start and we have this woman 
who I'm not sure if you read this, but Emily Linus is actually Michael Emerson's real life wife. No, did not know that. That's <laughs> quite a weird kind, kind of, of awkward dynamic going on here. Does that make him a <laughs> motherfucker? She's now playing the. Thanks. Thanks. Um, he is. He does. But don't yeah. ever call him Michael Emerson. No. Again. No. No. Sorry, Michael. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> Uh, so she's there, and then she says, "Roger hurts." Roger, keep in mind. Um, Look, man. <laughs> I guess, I guess we're supposed to think that they're on the island, and this is going to be like a pregnant death woman thing plotline. Um, and then they're running through, uh, and they're stopped by Horace and his wife, and she says to call him Benjamin. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I hate that name. And she dies. Yeah. I hate all Ben. Yeah, no, it's such a stupid name. Anyone who's got that name's a dickhead. Who's the best Ben? Um uh, uh Ben Affleck. Mm, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's alright. Like he was a good Batman. <laughs> so I like Ben Affleck. So do I. I liked him in Armageddon. He used to be on um my school books as a kid, so yeah. <laughs> He... <laughs> he was. I didn't like like in grade six. Okay. I really loved Ben Affleck because I liked Armageddon. So like my sister used to get. Uh, let's be honest, it wasn't my sister. It was me. Used to buy like smash hits and TV hits and all those like full page posters. So I covered one of my school books with a picture from Ben Affleck. <laughs> I had Vegeta from Dragon Ball. Z. Oh, very similar. Often get confused. But the sad thing is, mine was when I was, like, seven. You probably had Ben Affleck when you were 16. Oh, 12. Uh, that's four from 16. <laughs> oh, you can count. <laughs> uh, so, it's revealed. This is Ben. Ben Linus. Um, ben Affleck would have been a good Jack, I think. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that, yeah. but this is a good call. Yeah. Ben Affleck can play Matthew Fox in the Matthew Fox biopic. <laughs> oh, Hollywood's screaming for it. It only, go, it only goes <laughs> for 10 minutes. Bring back Matthew Fox. Where is he? Like, I'm seriously concerned. <laughs> Where's Matthew? Where somebody please find him? Has anybody checked on him? Like, he's probably, like, rotten in a skeleton in, like, the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> like, man, Ben Affleck's probably his neighbour. Like, knock on his door, Ben. <laughs> Love of God, somebody check on Matthew. Like, see, he, he uh, really needs... Oh, there's MatthewFox.org. Oh, it's not the Matthew Fox. It's a... Um, I'm Matthew. It's a... Oh, a creation, spirituality, reawaken, mysticism, protecting Mother Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. We should get this guy on. Well, we probably could. We could probably, like, have this exclusive <laughs> thing. Like, everyone... Interview Matthew Fox. <laughs> okay, this guy... Um, would probably be old enough to be Michael, Matthew Fox's granddad. <laughs> Is he still alive? Oh, probably not by the time we release this episode. <laughs> Everyone visit MatthewFox.org Matthew and read about his creation spirituality. Oh, he's got a blog. Oh, he's got a store. We can buy things. You can buy the Lotus he... and the Rose, a conversation between Tibetan Buddhism and mystical Christianity. Ooh. <laughs> Matthew Fox. Uh, oh, in my original book from 1983. Uh, just recently, I met a 40-something man who told me that those four pages from your book 
Well, <laughs> that's a pamphlet, not a book. <laughs> Those four pages from your book totally changed my understanding of Christian history, and they should be made available for everyone. So I went back and reread them. I agree. Oh, he's not very humble, Matthew. Thus, I offer the contrast here. Well, he's not humble at all. I agree. I love, I've, I've, I've yeah. literally typed in, where is Matthew Fox? And it's given me an article from insider.com. Cast of Lost, where are they now? 2018. Uh, Matthew Fox literally has, prior to playing the leading Lost, Matthew Fox gained television fame portraying Charlie Salinger on the Family Driver Party of Five. Fox has been in a handful of films since. In the years since Lost, <laughs> Fox has started in a handful of films, including World War Z, Alex Cross, and Bone Tomahawk, but does not currently have any projects in development, and then it just moves on to Jorge Garcia. <laughs> like, no one knows where he is. I'm seriously worried for the guy. Somebody find Matthew, please. What is he doing? But anyway, uh, moving forward to 1973, um, and we have... So we know now that Ben was lying when he said that he was born on this island. Uh, he was not. We saw the Portland sign there on the road. Uh, not in Portland. Uh, and moving on, and we have Baby Ben and Roger Linus arriving on the island. I know he's a jerk, but I kind of like Roger Linus. <laughs> Roger Workman. Uh, I don't know. He, he seemed, seems like in his day he could have been fine. Oh, hang on, hang on. I might have some breaking um, news. Sorry, I've just found another USA Today, usatoday.com, an article from 2018 where they are grading the careers of lost actors since <laughs> lost <laughs> oh no that's going to be a dark Matthew one, Fox is at the bottom his rating is a D uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only one above him is Dominic Monaghan who apparently is a C well he's about to be in Star Wars so I think that will be improved oh he's in a bunch of um, shit it says since lost Fox has done little to no film work popping up in 2013's World War Z and yeah obviously Bone Tomahawk the former party of star five star last showed up in the news listing his four million dollar custom Oregon house for sale. <laughs> so he's from Portland. Maybe that's why. Like he, he's sick of everyone saying not in Portland. I'm going to move to Portland. All right, keep talking. I need to find this. How the mighty have fallen. I know he's selling his four million dollar house in Oregon. <laughs> On the news, probably could probably find him in the white pages. So we can give him a call right now. Um, so young uh, baby Ben and Roger arrive through the sub and they're met by Horace Goodspeed. Uh, we're going to see a lot of Horace Goodspeed. Uh, this, the actor who plays Horace Goodspeed, uh, what's his name? Doug Hutchison. Mm. He married a 16 year old. Oh, Okay. So it's impossible for me to watch Lost with Horace in it and not to see an absolute creep. Is he still uh, married you... to the 16-year-old or did he go to jail or something? <laughs> I, I, I guess she's not 16 now. But, oh, well, it's okay um, now. Then. It's all good. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Are they still married? In 2011... He received widespread criticism when he married 16-year-old singer Courtney Stodden. Oh, she's got her own page. So she's now 24, Courtney Stodden. Uh, 
She looks like an extra from Expose. Yeah, I see it. Oh, Jesus. Um... Her, um... <laughs> yep. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. She is very. I don't know what she looked like when she was 16. <laughs> she has large. She's very full. She... she has a lot going for her. Um... She she appeared on Couples Therapy with Hutchison. Well, I wonder why. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> the sad thing is, her credits since 2012 more than Matthew are more Fox. full. The Matthew Fox. <laughs> Actually, some... These are some of her... So, you go on. Go uh, on. Dr. Phil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dr. Phil. Celebs Go Dating. Yep. As herself. Uh, the Mother-Daughter Experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, reality Ex-Wives. Uh, Hollywood Hillbillies. Couples Therapy and Celebrity Big Brother. She also has a sex... 24 episodes. She has a sex tape, too. Just, uh, just letting everyone know. Just... Let's... let's... Yep. What, with Doug Hutchison? I hope not. <laughs> we review that as part of the lost time. Um, uh, just on Matthew Fox, I'm still intrigued about this. Apparently he said in an interview back in 2011 that he hates acting. So that's probably why he hasn't <laughs> been on anything. <laughs> oh, poor well, Matthew touche. Fox. He's probably... Like, we should, <laughs> oh, I hate, I hate <laughs> We shouldn't bag him out. He's probably like... Taking his millions from Lost and just like chilling in rural Oregon, laughing all the way to the bank. Like he's probably having the time of his life. I mean, more power to him, I guess. Yeah. I hate acting. I hate it. So, anyway, they meet all of it. They meet Hollywood Speed and his 16 year old uh, wife. And Horace, we found out, has given this is the same guy that was there when Ben was born and. He's given him a job. Um, so they go to processing. This is all quite... Of course, we look back on it now as like whatever, but it's quite bra- groundbreaking. This is the first time we've ever seen the Dharma Initiative. Obviously, later on, we get a lot of it, so we're not looking back on it as as such a big thing, but we've never seen any of this before. So all of this kind of Dharma stuff is completely new to us. Which I think it's lost now, isn't it? Like, no pun intended, because... At the time, as you're saying, like, yeah, never seen it before. This is great. Whereas, I guess, I mean, you've how many times have you watched this show through and kind of, you know, watched it through? It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, the Dharma Initiative, whatever. But, um, yeah, yeah, like, at the time, like, holy crap, this was, yeah. So, oh, my God, it's the Dharma Initiative. They're showing us all this stuff. What are we going to see? Like, I remember watching it the first time. Hmm. Yes. But uh, they're in the processing. and uh, We have Pierre Chang. He's back on the orientation video. Um, we have baby Ben talking to Annie, who Is she okay? has become... Well, we never see her again. So. Uh, that was a joke, but move on. She's talking to him. <laughs> she... I, Annie's annoying. Yeah. Like, what, like, so, I, I thought we, didn't we see her grown up, or didn't we learn what happened to her? Never again. No. Oh. Heard of. Okay. But, I'm just calling it now. Why was there not a flashback where we learnt that Ben and Annie became a couple, Annie got pregnant and died, that's why Ben wants to fix this problem as much as possible. It seems like rocket science to me. Mm. But, and Or not, not like rocket science. Well, I mean, she gave birth to two wooden dolls and maybe she died after that. I don't know. <laughs> but wouldn't have that been like a great yeah. connection to all of this pregnant woman thing? It would have answered what happened to Annie. 
Uh, it would have given Ben more of a person, and maybe that would have explained why he kidnapped Alex and kept her. Yep, no, I agree. Like it, it just seems to fall into place a little too it's well. Ra- it's, but... just, it's just like it's random because Lost is a show. I feel, and a lot of people who are the casual viewers would disagree with a quote like this. But Lost isn't a show that kind of has a character for random sake, and just there's not a meaning to them, if you know what I mean. So, and obviously, yep. given that we're going to get what, in a season or two, all these flashbacks where, well, not really flashbacks, it's kind of when people go back in time, spoiler alert, and they're kind of living in the Dharma Initiative. Like, it, it just, it does seem very odd that you've got this girl who obviously means a bit to Ben, you got a fucking wooden doll out of yeah. it, um, and then there's, not, there's nothing more to come from it. I feel like they probably were going to uh, get back to this, but then things fell through but probably too concerned about the guy who plays Horace hanging around with us so they just got rid of her <laughs> they couldn't have anyone no. 16 on the set <laughs> sorry Horace is around yeah wait wait till I tell you how many episodes Zach and Emma were supposed to be in but <laughs> <laughs> uh, in all fairness actually yeah. now that I think about it I, I wrote in my notes when he's uh, when Ben comes to the island he's very touchy-feely with young Ben so uh, <laughs> I think it makes sense yeah, and they brought this guy back after this episode. Um, yeah. But you're right, though. Annie does stand out as one of those few random characters in the show that you're just like, what? Like, most characters either at least intended to have an explanation, but they kind of got a bit dropped along the way, or they mean something. But Annie never mentioned once after this. Uh, the doll never seen again, nothing. Um, but there is so much potential. I mean, I, I don't like the character, but it was a good opportunity to humanise Ben a little bit more and fit in with the whole Alex plotline. But uh, maybe in the Lost reboot. But um, so where were we? So the, Annie, I had an idea for the Lost reboot the other day. A Lost two. Well, like think about it. Could the whole thing just not centre around like Aaron grown up and then kind of just connecting around Aaron as a teenager or something like you know that's what does he do yeah like how was he stu- like i don't know it just feels like a, a that was my question to you <laughs> i don't know what does he do um finds michael fox yes. <laughs> um michael fox, michael fox. <laughs> he changed his name back to the future. he changed his name <laughs> he gets so confused you look like that guy from last night i'm michael fox oh the guy from back to the future we- yes <laughs> if, if we bring back Aaron, though, do we get to bring back Ji Yong? I reckon. Son of Jin. But, like, but I think, I, I mean, like, just that seems like a logical step, like, because you kind of got a baby growing up and you've got all the mysteries around sort of everything and still keep it in the timeline, like, up until the purgatory point, because that's obviously they're going to die at some. We don't know how they die to get to that point. Well, we, yeah. we do with some. Everyone dying. We do with some, but, like, I, I, I don't know. I just think that kind of works around it. And it's kind of, it's just not one of these outlandish things. Like, that would make sense. You could still work around that into a storyline and still keep it, you know, with the continuity of the timeline. I mean, Lo- uh, Ara was born in 2004. So, as, let's say they made it next year. 16, yeah. Uh, they wouldn't even need to set it in the future. They could set it now. Yep. Like, yep. So. God, this show's. This show's getting old. There you go, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. You're welcome. I expect a, a, a writer credit in the pilot. You can give me like a million dollars. I'll go live in uh, Oregon with Matthew Fox. 
Damon Lindelof's about to do Watchmen. Uh, Very excited. True, I remember. Yep. With... I've not actually know anything about Watchmen. I just like Damon there's, Lindelof. There's man, yeah. and you watch them. It's pretty self-explanatory, really. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Aaron, Aaron, grown up, but uh, we have Annie, and she gives him an Apollo bar, uh, and this this is where we get the the Roger work man. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's great about Lost, though, is they didn't then do, like, a flash to the moment that Hurley saw the Roger work. Like, if you miss it, it doesn't change the plot line, but if you're a fan and you remember, mm. it's just a fun little Easter egg to think, oh, in 50 years, Hurley's going to find this. And, like, that's what I love about this show, the subtleties like that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just wanting somebody at that point to turn around and just be like... Okay, well, I can't remember what Hurley says. Like, what does he say? Like, redneck man. Shut up. That's redneck it. Thank you. Man. I'm like on blank. One of the funniest lines in the whole show. <laughs> I just want that woman to look up and go, "Shut up, redneck man." <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I I think uh, it's great that they can kind of have these little bits and yeah, and again, chronologically lost makes a lot of these moments like work quite well as well. So Roger is a Dharma janitor then. Um, and later Ben's in science class. Uh, I like the teacher here. She's a good teacher. Um, I, I want a badass teacher like that. Like, it's just like, all right, kids, everyone get up and get the gun. <laughs> Sadly, that's probably what American uh, teachers could be like in the next five years. They do have so. to show their kids uh, videos on how to deal with a, a live shooter. That's a, that's a thing. Have they ever had to show what to do when the hostels arrive? <laughs> yes, uh, because featuring Matthew Fox. <laughs> Hi, kids. I'm former television actor Matthew Fox. <laughs> Matthew Fox. That's what he's doing. Now, you right? might remember me from such titles as Lost, Party of Five, <laughs> and, and World War Z. <laughs> and TMZ uh, arrest tapes. We also... Uh... <laughs> We also learned during the science class that there was a volcano on the island a long time ago. Does that ever come back? Now, this is an interesting point because in the commentary for this episode, Damon and Carlton, they recorded it in 2007, the commentary, and they kind of being very coy and, well, just you wait for that moment with the the volcano that's coming. Uh, and nothing happened ever. Uh but then, this is what I love about Lost. I think it was last year, or maybe it was 2017. Uh, news was still coming out about Lost, like, long after the show. Like, we were getting new revelations. The final battle between Jack and Locke, or Jack and the Man in Black, you know, on the cliffside, mm-hmm. uh, when the, the stabbing and Kate's there, that was supposed to be on the volcano. Oh, wow. With the volcano erupting because of everything, you know, the island's getting destroyed. Yeah. They were supposed to have their final battle on top of the volcano like while Mustafa. everything's just going to shit. Mustafa. Yeah. Sort of, uh, you know. <laughs> so I guess it was like a, a return of a Revenge of the Sith type thing, uh, but they were supposed to have an epic battle. But do you want to know why they didn't do that? they spent... Money. I was about to say, they spent all Budget, their money on yeah. Matthew Fox's legal fees. Um uh, I don't know if it would would have ended up being cheesy. I'm I'm sure they could have got away with making it epic if they had the budget. Uh, but originally that was the plan, was that the volcano would show up for the final battle of the show. Um, but 
yeah, they didn't have the budget for it. But I do love that five, six years after the show end, we still find out new information about this show. And I'm sure there's the other stuff we'll find out in the future I, too. I think that would have been an amazing idea. And sorry, I'm finding out new information about Doug Hutchinson right now. Um, <laughs> oh, do I want to know? I'm just reading about his torrid life with uh, young Courtney Stodden. Um, this could be one of the funniest lines I've ever read. Um, they're, they're now they're now divorced <laughs> now. They, they filed for divorce last year. Oh. But... Oh. On April 8, 2018, Hutchinson announced via the Eric and Deer the Goat YouTube channel that he returned to Detroit, it gets better, to find Eric Brown, who travels the country with a therapy goat to spread peace, and that he fully supports Brown's initiative, the Rock Club Foundation. Um, a therapy goat? I want a therapy goat. <laughs> He, well, to be fair, Doug Hutchinson needs a therapy well, coach. The funny thing is, he met Courtney Stoddard at an acting class taught by the the, the Doug Hutchinson School of Acting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he played he's banging the students. He played um, Victor Toombs in the X-Files. I didn't realise that was him. That was one of the uh, greatest villains of all time in the X-Files. Surely you remember that episode. Who? Toombs. They had, it was like in the very first uh, season, the guy who could go through the yeah, vents and early stretched his arms yeah. and like ate livers. Yeah, like he was tombs. Oh, there you go. Hmm. And he's therapy goat. Anyway, sorry, we keep getting sidetracked. <laughs> sad that they got divorced. And yeah, I'm, I'm. She got too old. I'm, I'm sad it's not um, the the sex tape uh, with Courtney Stoddard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway uh, all these alarms go off during class and we learn that the hostiles have invaded the camp and we hear the shooting so there's some sort of like war going on with the dharma people and the other others um so we know the others have been around for a long time predating dharma now um and later we have horace and roger talking and Horace is talking about, oh, yeah, we've been having some skirmishes with the natives. Um, see, I always thought a Dharma spin-off would have been good. I know they go back in time, but this 50 years of Dharma history, there could have been all sorts of good, That's another good reboot. seasons and things going There's on. There's another reboot potential. Yeah, I feel like we've missed the mark on it. But a Dharma prequel, give us that. That would have been good, I think. Yeah. Um, we don't need Doug Hutch. <laughs> He might need it, though. Retcon him out. He might need his goat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, later, uh, we have Ben opening a gift from Annie. She's made some toy dolls of them, so they'll never be apart. Well. Um, yeah. We'll never see her again. Uh, so it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Ben. Um, he comes home, and he starts cleaning up after Roger, who's drunk and passed out. Uh, and then Dick Dad. Tells him happy birthday, and then, oh. yeah, it was it was your fault for killing your mum. Um, Prick. Gosh. Who, who says that? Like, come on. We've had some deadbeat dads, but that's one of the worst things we've heard out of one of the parents. That's something Doug Hutchinson would say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who is Who plays the dad? I like that. Yeah, like you said, you kind of like him. Like, I, he's... For a dick, he's kind of a likable dick. Yeah, uh, the actor is who is it? It's, uh, Joe Gre- John Greer is ah the esteemed. 
I'm sure he was in CSI and <laughs> John Greer's. Oh, he co-starred in Taken oh, with Maggie Grace. Taken. Uh, <laughs> he was in Napoleon Dynamite. Was he Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> what happened to Napoleon yeah, Dynamite? I like uh, John Greer's, but he's not really been in anything of note. Oh, are there theories um, for Roger Linus? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, he's got a... He was in all the Takens. He actually has a very long page. That's what she said. Um, theories. Okay, sorry. Continue. I, I found the series page. Yeah, lots of... Lots of Taken movies for Doug Hutch. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was in a different Taken. But... <laughs> he was doing the Taken. You won't go into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's your fault that she died... Uh, so Ben runs out, and he sees his mum, uh, Michael Emerson's wife. Uh, Are they still married? Whispers. Yeah, I think so. Oh, good for them. And she tells him, it's not time yet, Benjamin. Uh, so then we cut forward later, and he's sneaking out past the pylons. He's somehow got the code, uh, testing it with the poor rabbits. Uh, and then we, he runs into in the jungle. Dun, dun, dun. It's Richard, <laughs> hippie Richard, who's not aged a day since we see him in the future. So obviously we know all about it now, but this is the first time we've ever seen that, oh, my God, it's Richard. And he looks exactly the same, just with long hair. And my uh, So definitely add that to the question. <laughs> oh. This was his eyeliner day. Is, is that a thing? Like, um, but, but were people talking about that though? Like, did they sort of see this and go, "Wait a minute, he hasn't aged"? Or did people just think like the actor just doesn't age? Like, or did people think it was deliberate? Yeah, I think most people thought it was deliberate because it has been. Ben is a kid there, while in in the present day, Ben is older than Richard. So, um, so this was a kind of big thing of like, what these others don't age. Um, and then he talks about, well, Ben's looking for, he says he's looking for his mum, but she's dead. And then we have one of the most subtle moments, but I have to imagine it's intentional when Richard asks, did she die here on the island? Mm. And Ben says, no, she didn't. I have to imagine that's intentional, that then he starts looking really interested and a bit like almost worried because we know the man in black can take the bodies of of dead people who died on the island we see that with Locke and uh alex and christian shepherd so we know that happens but the man in black can't take the bodies of people who didn't die on the island so I think Richard instantly knows, well, it can't be the man in black, and if he's seeing his mother, then this guy is probably special. Otherwise, Ben is just another Dharma kid, but there's a reason why Richard is interested in him and says, well, in time, maybe you can join us, because he sees that maybe Ben is special. He's seeing his mum, and it can't be the man in black. Uh, so it's really subtle, but I... If you go back and watch him say, did she die here on the island? Knowing what we eventually know, I have to imagine it's all intentional. It's, yeah, I, I would agree. And I think that it's 
it's fascinating to watch this knowing what kind of happens as you were saying and it's um I don't know like it's it's I find it interesting when he says like oh you know you've got to be patient to join me and is that is that ever addressed again because like how many years go past until like this whole gassing that happens it's kind of like is why is it when he says you've got to be so patient like am I am I skipping ahead here am I missing something because there's obviously a lot. Well, we later see that he's been living with both camps over the next 20 years or so. So uh, he does eventually join them, but it's not. Um, and that is addressed further when they time travel and Saeed shoots Ben <laughs> uh, and Richard takes him. So it is further addressed. I, just, I also randomly have another <laughs> creepy fact about Courtney Sodden and... <laughs> You said that baby Ben was what, like a couple of months older than you, uh, born in 1995. Courtney Stodden is only one year older than you and baby Ben. So the creepy moment when he's got his arm around baby Ben, that's basically the same age as his wife. (laughs) And and three years older than your fiancé. Yeah. uh, Yes. Two two years older than my fiancé. Two. Only two. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you and Doug Hutchinson do have something in common after all. The difference all. is, is that when I met and started dating and then proposed to my fiance, she was 21. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bit creepy to think that when Ben's showing up to the island, his wife is the same age. <laughs> oh, God. I'm starting to see why there was, quote, widespread criticism for this. <laughs> Who marries a 16-year-old? Come on. Woody Harrelson. Uh, not Woody Harrelson. Wrong Woody. Uh, Woody Allen. Sorry, Woody Harrelson. You're okay. That's slanderous. We're going to get sued. I did this before with Larry the Cable Guy over on uh, with Colin. So, shit. Uh, actually, no, but, but, get sued. but we want to get sued. Then we get attention. So, fuck it. Woody Harrelson did it too. Uh, <laughs> we spent a good 12 months well. last year calling Tom Cruise gay so he would sue us. And it hasn't happened yet. So, come on. Tick, tick. My name's Nora, and this has been my final episode on Girls <laughs> Network. I, I don't want to get sued. Well, I do, because then we'll be the poor what little the poor little battler podcast being sued by Tom Cruise. We we will get <laughs> we will get international attention, just like Courtney started. Maybe I get to do a sex tape then. That'll be fun. <laughs> With Courtney Stodden? I wouldn't say no. You and Courtney started to start a podcast. <laughs> ben and Courtney, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds thrilling. Hi, I'm Ben. I'm Courtney. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you'd be like the Doug Hutchison of the podcast. Nah, she, she's too. She's too old for me. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, Ben says that he hates it and he doesn't want to go back. And Richard says, well, uh, he can leave the Dharma, but he has to be patient. Uh, this is when we finally cut back to older Ben and he's holding the Annie doll. Um, we have Ben and Roger. I have to say, uh, like nowadays shows have gotten great at doing aged makeup and all that. They do a really good job for Roger Linus. I Mm, I agree. I mean, Ben... Doesn't look like he's supposed to be 20-something there. Mm. Um, 
like he doesn't really look a day younger than he does in the present. But, but they do a good job of making much of it. Michael Emerson doesn't age in general, so no, he doesn't. He stays fifty. He does. He was 50, he was fifty when he was like, twelve, and he's fifty now when he's what like seventy. God, it sounds like a Doug, Doug Hutchison defense case. I'm sorry. I, I can't get off the Courtney Sodden train. I found her on Twitter, and it comes up on the side. It says, eight followers you know. Grant Bowler follows Courtney Sodden. <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably met her on set. Oh, God. So does, so does Kristen. Oh, good on you, Kristen. <laughs> I guess she was on Celebrity Big Brother, so that's probably why. But um, imagine Grant Bowler. Or, Hello, Courtney. I'm Grant Bowler. <laughs> Is Grant Bowler marry? Oh, Grant Bowler, surely. Like, if he, and if he's not, I'll marry him. Come on, what a catch. He is also someone who stays 40. Oh, God, so excited. He doesn't age younger or older either. Grant Bowler is going to appear on our screens in only a few weeks' time. Like, get excited. Yeah. Where is Grant Bowler? Uh, I miss him. Yeah, he's been a bit quiet lately. Um, Matthew Fox. But Ben and his dad are packing up the van, and it's Ben's birthday again. Uh, and, of course, Roger's forgotten, like he does every year. But Roger says, well, after they go out to the Pearl, uh, why don't they take some beers up to the hill and have some father and son time? Um, so they they do that. They're in the Dharma van. This is where Roger Workman, where he ultimately will end up. Um, and... Ben says, you really blame me. Roger's thinking, why, why, are you, why do you keep looking at your watch? And eventually, Ben just gets out his gas mask. Goodbye, Dad. Gasses Roger Linus to death. Um, so, kills his own father. And then we later cut back, and we're at the barracks. And this it's quite sinister, like, seeing just the dead body. It's very, like, mm. Jim Jonesy or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's quite creepy seeing, like, these tennis Dharma people just laying out there. They've been gassed to death. Uh, so we get to see the purge where the others have finally just taken down all of the Dharma people. They've all been gassed, and we have all the others just coming out, walking out in their, like, ratty old clothes. Richard's there. And we basically see why the Dharma people, uh, the others currently live in the houses that we saw at the beginning of Season 3. Uh, because they killed everyone from the Dharma Initiative, gassed them all to death. It's really creepy, I think, that scene where they're walking out. I think it's also equally creepy, because obviously we're jumping ahead in terms of how we're analysing the episode, but then kind of when they cut to the shallow grave and you just see all the dead bodies, like it's... This is why I really like this episode, because it does take a really sort of sinister, dark turn all of a sudden, and... It's it's done in such a way where you're you're sympathising with this character, like, and this is what's the beauty of Benny's and why he's one of the greatest TV villains of all time because there's just that level of sympathy you feel for this guy, even though like he's gonna be a real sadistic prick. And okay, he's not the one who's killed everyone here at the the camp, but he's kind of sort of involved. I mean, he's just killed his dad, and even the way that kind of Richard is just like, do you want us to go get his body? And he's just like, no, leave him. And it's just ah, oh, so good. It's such ah, oh, yeah. Everything you said, I agree with. It's just, it's beautifully done. Do you like Ben's backstory, or do you think it would have been better if he was born on the island and he was there, or do you like that he started as a nobody and was just a kid who came to the island? I I like it because it, to me, just adds depth to his character. That kind of he he can never trust him, even as a viewer. Like we, it's it's not like one of these 
characters where as a viewer, we're watching this knowing that he's untrustworthy where everyone around him, you know, is believing him. Like, we're kept on our toes as well, not knowing whether he's telling the truth or not. And I think kind of it's a great layer to the fact that he's so open in lying and he's kind of had this from a very young age and we can kind of see maybe why he does. But it just, yeah, I, I, I like it this way. I could definitely see it working if he was born on the island, but I just, I think there's a part of this that, that works better. Uh, with kind of just even the the thing that he says the most about like I'm one with this island because I was born here and like that's just a, such a huge lie. <laughs> it does play into the whole thing as well. Um, is Ben special? Yeah. Or is Locke special? Because we do see that really he was a nobody, and it, it's got such a curveball that Ben was about a Dharma. Like who would have ever guessed? Um, yeah, I, I, I do like it that he kind of came from nothing, grew into this thing, because it does play into his further story of his kind of fall from grace over the next three seasons. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a cool flashback. It's it's unique uh, from what was anything we've seen up until this point, really. And they were holding off for something big with Ben, and we definitely got some shocks. Uh, it, it is crazy to think Michael Emerson's only one scene of the flashback, but it is a great scene. Um, and... Yeah, seeing a flashback to the the 70s is really cool. And finally, we get some Dharma stuff uh, in the show. Mm. So all positive for me for this flashback. Uh, It's missing Greg. Uh, There's a bit of a joke for people who remember a little show called Dharma and Greg. No? Anyone? Bring back Dharma and Greg. Did you ever watch that? You would have been way too young with Dharma and Greg. You know, in um, Criminal Minds, one of the main guys in that was Greg. And, like, I only knew him as a comedy actor kind of along with uh, what was named Jenna Elfman or whatever her name was and then when he started being like one of the main serious dudes in Criminal Minds I'm like oh god I can't take this but he's actually quite a good serious actor but uh, Darren Gregg was funny that was a funny show I'll take your word for it <laughs> better than Murphy Brown there's my call for the day uh, so moving forward I think we can just quickly go through the main island stuff quite quickly because there's not really enough much at all um so, just the brief main island stuff. We have Sawyer, who's hiding in the bushes and getting Saeed's attention, uh, showing him the tape that Locke gave to him last week. Um, and then we have Kate, uh, who reveals to Saeed that Jack and Juliet are gone. And is it, Kate, it's, is it Kate's job to just walk around this camp and cause trouble? Of Like, he said, she said, like... She's not doing anything but going back and forth to each she's, person. She's and... not doing anything at the moment. She's just too busy thinking about being Wasp. Yeah, clearly. Um, in the quantum realm of nothingness. <laughs> she just keeps going to, like, Jack and, well, did you hear about this? And then going to Saeed, <laughs> well, t- I told Jack because of this. It's she's like, the gossip. what are you doing? She's the town she <laughs> she's not been involved in anything, so she just has to gossip about everything. Well, at least she's seen. Uh, I mean, I know we get to see him next week, conveniently, but Rose and Bernard haven't been seen in a while. Uh, um, but then Saeed tells Sawyer to play the tape to um, And then later we have, like, a little meeting, <laughs> tribal council. Uh, Book club. And Saeed has told everything, uh, and... They said they kept Naomi a secret to keep her safe from Jack. Uh, I love all this anti-Jack stuff because 
not just because I don't like Jack, but also it just plays well into the story of it's realistic that these characters shouldn't trust Jack. There's no reason at this point. And I do like Sun's line of, but it's Jack. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> it does make you think, well, obviously we know it's Jack and he hasn't been turned, but it does make you think, well, he was there for 10 days. Mm. Who knows what happened? Um, so Sawyer's playing the tape, and then Jack and Juliet conveniently charge back into camp, their little dynamic duo, um, and they're, well, she turned the tape over, and they're all saying, well, I don't think you're in any uh, reason to be bargaining or telling us what to do. Uh, but they turn the tape over, and we learn that uh, they're taking Quan. And I love that they say, and if anyone else is pregnant, mark their ten. <laughs> How many people are pregnant in this camp? <laughs> Quan, and if anyone else is pregnant. Like, Claire sneaks back into pregnant? the background. Ah, oh, shit again. My baby! <laughs> Not again. Joanna. Like, there's only 40 people or something. <laughs> they're, bored, Joanna. they're bored and horny, all right? I mean, Sun and Jin were. I guess so, but... um. And then Jack uh, didn't tell anyone because he hadn't decided what to do about it. And then, but I think we have some catching up to do. And that's where we let, leave off with them. Not a lot to talk about, but you do really get the sense that of tension here. And it definitely feels like we're heading into a season finale now, I think. I I mean, yeah, I agree. I think I, I really like the stuff next week. And I actually feel like I want to defend Jack next week because I think... Like, it's 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 really interesting with the Jack stuff because I've kind of been a bit with you recently that, yeah, he's getting a bit annoying at the moment, but I, and I can see why people should be sceptical of him, but I think the stuff we get with him in the next few weeks is actually really good because it's kind of like the conflict he'll have with being a leader and kind of having to deal with all that. So it's it's going to lead to a really good payoff, I feel. And I, I just really like that Juliet moment, the way she's just like, turn the tape over. And then basically, like, this is kind of now where I think we are really starting to see that she's not evil and she's kind of good. Um, yeah. so, and again, like, it's just, it's been such a good lead up to kind of thinking this, that and everything else. So yeah, it, really not a lot. I, and I'm, I absolutely love the, but it's Jack. Like <laughs> <laughs> Jack wouldn't do that. <laughs> You're right. All right. Moving on. And oh, that's actually what I was going to write. Are Jin and Sun wearing the same shirt? Like, did you notice that? They're like both wearing this like pink reddish shirt. I swear it's exactly I the same. I didn't notice shirt. that. But it is funny that you mention that because in Korea, couples often, more younger couples, not Sun and Jin's age, but couples will wear the exact same outfit. That's a thing here. So I didn't notice it, but it is funny that you say that. I'm sure that that was not intentional, but well, just a fun fact. Mate, what is it? Just a re- what is a thing that oh, everyone high wear a couple because we're wearing the same shirt. Like, is that just what it is, or? Oh, they will go full outfits. Same shoes, same <laughs> pants, same... Uh-huh. Wow. So you uh-huh. never have those awkward conversations of, oh, we wore the same thing today. No, they will intentionally wear the same goofy light shirt and pants and shoes. And, uh, but you'll see in the shops, like, a, a female set and a male set. <laughs> wow. Um, there you go. Yeah. It's odd. Very strange. Hashtag Korean things. <laughs> um, I yeah, I think this is the turning point for Julia. I think with these episodes, I'm just making the most of some of the last good Saeed stuff we're ever going to have in the show. So 
I'm relishing Saeed over the past few weeks because it's going to disappear very soon. I like him next week when he gets all sassy Saeed to Jack. This is classic Saeed the past few weeks, but come... Well, season four, he's got some good stuff, but come season five, it's it's over. It's still still a while till he goes full suicide bomber. It's all good. He's not going to be a zombie until season six, but he's pretty irrelevant in season five, and he's okay in season four. But oh. make the most of Saeed. <laughs> uh, um, I did not know why so... I changed, but now I do, <laughs> and now I will. Oh, God. What a great character he was. Um, <laughs> so, he gets, moving he gets on a great to kind line of the... in the alternate ending. I did not last six years on this island to have my torch off by fucking Jeff Probst. Yeah, I mean, that is the greatest season six Saeed moment. It wasn't even in the show. <laughs> but back to kind of the main plot of on the island is uh, sticking with the theme, it's Ben's birthday. Thanks. Uh, today. And they're in this little camp. They're obviously moving somewhere that we've not been told where. Um, and he's asking about the tape and he thought that Richard had already taken the tape uh, to Juliet. So he doesn't know where the tape is. Obviously we know that Sawyer's got it now. It was taken by Ben, uh, by Locke, sorry. Then Locke comes charging back into camp with Anthony Cooper's body from last week. Uh, and he's now demanding that he will know everything about the island from Ben. Uh so then we cut forward and we have Locke and Ben drinking. Are they drinking alcohol or or water? I can't quite remember. I think it's alcohol because I'm from memory. Ben looks at it but doesn't drink it because I don't think we ever see Ben. Yeah, drink. I was about to say, didn't he just have cancer? Yeah, no, I think it's alcohol because I I I made note of that because I'm thinking like, does does Ben ever drink? Like, is this just a, something that you just he never drinks alcohol? I mean. <laughs> We can keep an eye out on that. I don't know. Uh, but I was just thinking, like, he just had surgery. He shouldn't be drinking. Um, and he says to Locke that telling everything about the island is not so simple. Um, and this is where he reveals that he's not the leader. Uh, and he says that the leader is someone called Jacob and that we all answer to someone. Now, we've had Jacob mentioned in passing before, but this is the first time he's really been talked about. Uh, and as much as Ben is a pathological liar, in many ways he is telling the truth here. Ben is not the leader. Mm. They do answer to Jacob. Um, so a lot of what he is saying is the truth. Uh, I do like the line of we all answer to someone um, because there was a time when we thought Mr. Friendly, Tom was the, the leader. Mm. And now we know that he's out playing football with Jack. He's not the leader. It reminds me um, of um, it was a, that was a twenty-four trope, wasn't it? For that you kind of had, you know, your bad guy for the first like eight episodes, and there was like a middle bad guy, and then ultimately you re- you know the big bad guy was kind of the end. It was kind of like always like there's always somebody step above the bad guy you think is the bad guy. Always someone more. Yeah, yeah. It's like the um, fish. That's Star Wars episode one. There's always a bigger fish. <laughs> but. This is the first time we've really been introduced to the the concept of Jacob being like the leader or someone that no one has actually seen. Um, and then Locke, Ben says he can't take Locke. So Locke says, well, I'll ask Richard. And <laughs> Richard doesn't know where Jacob is. He doesn't talk to him. <laughs> Which, again, 
pathological liar because we know full well that Richard is Jacob's right-hand man advisor and may well be the only person on this entire island that actually seen Jacob before. Um, so again, this is where uh, Locke's com- uh, Ben's complete lying comes in because we later learn that Ben has never met Jacob and uh, we will see when Jacob and Ben finally meet for the first time. It's quite an epic moment in this show. Um, but yeah, this is the first time they've actually introduced the kind of concept of well, there's someone out there who's a bit bigger, Jacob, who's no one's ever seen, and we answer to him. Um, but then Locke tells him, well, I think there is no Jacob. I think that you are the man behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz. Great And line. I think that you're a liar. Yeah. Terry O'Queen, so good. Both of these two, like, this is a master class, but... Yeah, you're the man behind the curtain. The Wizard of Oz, you're a liar. And if you were telling the truth, your hand wouldn't be shaking. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things happening here. Um, on kind of looking back on the show, you can see this show is really starting to work towards an end game now. Before they were telling the story, it was all an upward uh, trajectory. But now we know... They're heading, they've got three more seasons. So all this kind of introduction of Jacob, you just get the sense that we're heading to something bigger. We're heading towards an end. Um, But it is also an interesting debate at the time of watching of, well, maybe there is no Jacob. Maybe this is a Ben liar. We know Ben's a liar. And he's literally said that no one else talks to him. Um, I don't know if you can remember watching it for the first time or if you remember any of the kind of Jacob stuff that was happening around this time at all not really um yeah no i don't uh but yeah i think it's you make a good point that they've got this end game now so it's kind of it is working towards something and this is another one of those things where lost gets a lot of criticism for never having answers and kind of you know going all over the place and again it just it warrants people to really pay attention to moments like this that were at the end of season three and you know, this is going to become such a big thing moving forward for the rest of this show. The biggest thing you might even argue about kind of what this is all about. So um, for people to say that it doesn't go anywhere and it's stupid and it has no answers, like just little things like this that really kind of are setting the groundwork, which, you know, a lot of shows don't do this. And I think it's kind of important to note that of, of where we're at right now and what it, what it means for the future. Yeah, well, this is season three, episode, what, nineteen twenty. This is pretty much, he's discussing pretty much season six and the main plot lines around season six. So, really, we've just, of course, they didn't mention Jacob in season one, but they've introduced him about halfway through the entire series and planting these seeds. Um, so, you can tell they're around this point, they're starting to think about an ending at least. Mm. Um, I do, I do love all the stuff. Well, I think you are the man behind the curtain. Uh, there is no Jacob. Because uh, even in this bit, this is where Ben says he was born on the island and most people were brought here by him. Um, but after that, we have uh, Mikhail, the man who never dies, charging back into camp. I love this moment. I love the, I love the line, I thought you were dead. <laughs> well, the pylons will... Such a low frequency or whatever he <laughs> says. Um, and he tells Ben about Naomi. Um, we love Mikhail. He's great. Uh, and then Locke 
quite epic of him to come out and say, well, no, Ben's actually taking me to see Jacob. <laughs> uh, which Locke's got a lot of balls in this episode, I think. Uh, and then Mikhail's coming to get him, and Locke just boot stomps <laughs> Mikhail. I love it. Pull it. <laughs> Yeah, like, this is the man who tried to kill me, and then they, Locke just <laughs> annihilates him. Oh, it's so fun. I, just, I don't know why I love it so much. He just smashes the shit out of him. And then, like, yeah, just... everyone, it was like Ben's like, looking like, come on, somebody should do something. And Richard's just like, <laughs> nah. And then the way Locke is just like, so, when are we leaving? <laughs> yeah, he's just, he, he couldn't kill his father, but he's boot stomping all sorts of people here. Um, Badass Locke. So then we cut forward a bit. Locke and Ben are ready to leave. And then we have, bonjour, Alex has popped up. <laughs> um, now, I've been re-watching lately Malcolm in the Middle. It's very funny seeing uh, Alex as like a 12-year-old on that show. Um, Keep her away from As Saturday Malcolm's class. Yeah. Uh, I miss that show. It's been such a pleasure rewatching it. Um, I, I would rewatch but, Malcolm in the Middle. I, I used to love that show as a kid. It holds up. It's great. Is it weird seeing Brian Cranston in a comedic role again? Because that was weird at first seeing him in a serious role, but now I can imagine it be the opposite. It is, yeah, it is weird for a bit, but then it, it wears off a bit. That was like the um, uh, the alternate ending that they had, uh, the comedy one of Breaking Bad, when he wakes up next to Lois. He's like, I had the dream that I was a drug dealer. <laughs> She's great. She should be. In I Breaking. love her. She should have her. She's uh, make a female Breaking Bad. What happened her. to her? Wasn't it Jane Cram Cranzen Bring back Malcolm in the middle. Well, what's his name? Frankie Muniz. Like, didn't he get like all fucked up because he was in a car? Like, because he he became like a car racer, and um, he like basically he lost memory. Yeah, it's like he he can't remember Malcolm in the middle. Poor Frankie Muniz. Well, that seems like the perfect jumping off point for a reboot. Yeah. Malcolm loses his memory. What happened to um, Reese? Like he's not in nothing. Yeah, what does he do now? And um, I used to always think when how many when how many mother started. I didn't really wasn't aware too much of um, who Neil Patrick Harris was. I always thought, Francis. yeah, because my dad used to always say like, oh, I loved him when he was in Malcolm Middle. I'm like, oh, it's actually not the same person. But <laughs> they looked very similar. That's that's when you said, Dad, that's not Dewey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked no, the, um, the wheelchair kid. Though he was like, I don't want to go there. He should be a good podcast host. Uh, it definitely holds up, though. I recommend that. Hmm. I'll put it on the list. Um, but it, it's very funny seeing her and pop up. I'm like, oh, it's Alex. Um, Wasn't she his girlfriend? She, yeah. For a brief moment. She was in a few episodes. Um so she shows up and she gives Locke a, a gun. She's not even hiding that she hates all the others at this point. I love um, that. And when she's like, happy birthday. Like, I love that little bit. Happy birthday, Dad. Um, and this is where Locke, uh, Ben says that, well, you don't go to Jacob. Jacob summons you, which we know that he's never actually summoned Ben. Um, so then later they arrive at the cabin. They're in. This is Jacob's cabin. And this whole scene... This, I remember, I, this was one of those kind of moments vividly I remember about, not the forums necessarily, but I was there, I was pausing the VHSs, uh, I used to tape this show, I was pausing this moment with the the rocking chair, Um, I remember the quality was so bad that I could never see it, it's quite clear now, 
watching it, uh, but I could never actually see anything out of it. The amount of times I went through rewinding, imagine on VHS as well, rewinding, then you got to fast forward and trying to pause this moment. But this entire sequence, masterclass from Michael Emerson, masterclass from Terry O'Quinn, masterclass from the writers and directors of just showing as WTF weird, what the hell is going on on this show? Uh, potentially a top five for the season, but they arrive at what is supposed to be Jacob's cabin. We later learn that maybe it's the man in black's cabin, but uh, we have Ben who shows up and he's just talking to this empty chair and Michael Emerson, there, there couldn't be anyone better. Imagine getting like the, the briefing for this. Yeah. You're going to uh, be acting alongside a chair this week. <laughs> No one else could pull it off. Like Don't Michael call Emily to Raven that. <laughs> she has a name. But <laughs> it's just amazing the way he talks to this chair as if there is someone there. But the way he acts, it makes us in the shoes of Locke. We're questioning it as well because it is a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he acts it of you can't quite tell if he can actually see someone. Or he's crazy, or he's making it up. Uh, so Ben says, well, what, you can't see him? And he's like, hello, Jacob, the way he's talking. Uh, How and are then you? How are calls... <laughs> It's been a while. Um, Do you watch a game? Locke calls Ben out and says, either you're making this up or you're crazy if you think that there's someone on that chair. And then Terry O'Quinn, are you putting on a show for me? Do you really think there's someone there? Which is just great. So Locke's like, I've had enough of this. This is ridiculous. Uh, I don't have time for this. Walks out, and we just hear, help me. Mm, so creepy. Yeah, and then Locke says, what did you say? Ben, I, I, I didn't say anything. And then the this scene is perfect, the way it's been directed and everything, when everything's gone dark and the cabin starts shaking around and now things that's like poltergeist things are smashing around. Uh, the worried look on Ben's face is just next level and uh, like things are burning now. And the moment when Ben jumps on the, like grabs the chair and gets knocked back, is just super weird, super creepy. Uh, it's a very intense scene and then we get, just for a brief moment, it's literally the definition of blink and you miss it, a guy sitting on this chair. And it's just, I remember watching it the first time and I'm just thinking, what the hell is this show? What is happening? Who is this guy who looks like he's from, what, the 18th century or 17th century? The amount of times I tried to pause this video, this was... This was when I didn't really have internet, so I couldn't just find the image of it. Uh, and, yeah, this, probably more so than the they were all dead thing, this probably got people talking for weeks of who the hell this was, who the hell Jacob is, this big mystery around Jacob, and then seeing this glimpse that only Locke saw and the help me just raised so many questions. Uh Luckily, uh, in a few weeks we get we have to go back, which broke all anything that this could possibly do. But I just remember this so clearly. I was talking to my friends at school about this moment. Uh, 
and just that brief creepy glimpse i remember being a little scared of of this scene when i first saw it um and then when it all dies down we get what was that he said that was jacob yeah um it's i think the thing that is always um like as you were saying that what what are we meant to believe here and it's just it's crazy kind of on so many levels of it because i think kind of then what adds to it is what we're going to get at the end here the fact that you know basically we're going to find out that because Locke heard something that Ben's shitty that he's hearing things and not him. So it's just, yeah, it's just, it's so good. And just everything about the way it's shot, as you were saying, like just direct. I mean, who did you say directed this? Like Bob McGob or something like that? Or <laughs> some random <laughs> Bobby Roth, uh, the esteemed. Well, bloody hell, he should be esteemed because um, <laughs> he does a great job in this scene. So all jokes aside. Uh, he does a great job with this episode, but yeah, it's it's freaky. That help me is and that's terrifying. That is that is legitimately terrifying. Um, and I, I'll be yeah. completely honest with you, I never noticed that figure in the chair until you were just talking about it. Now I can see the screenshot of it. So clearly, You're I'm I'm not I'm not paying enough attention. Clearly, <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 so well done and um just really setting some things up which are you know again back to my point like it's just people who complain that this show didn't answer anything and just left everything open well i mean what are we watching and discussing right now and we're going to get so many answers about all of this so people are watching the wrong show and i mean it works on so many levels as well of so much of this show is about testing your faith and you know man of science man of faith that what are we as viewers supposed to believe? We saw Ben talking to an empty chair and we saw how shocked Ben was. And are we supposed to believe that there really is someone here? Or we literally see in the same episode that Ben saw his dead mum, who was not actually there. She was a vision. So it just plays on that level as well as man of science, man of faith. What are we supposed to be believing here? Um, But even looking at the screenshot of the figure, who was in the rocking chair. It's so creepy. Mm -hmm. And the lighting and everything, the way it's been edited. Uh, And even looking back on this episode now, it works on so many levels because this is kind of getting into like fan, like fan canon territory, but it's very likely this is not Jacob. This is the man in black. Uh, We know now the man in black. The smoke monster takes dead people's bodies and he's playing with these people. Knowing what happens with Locke, it's very likely that this is the man in black eventually tempting Locke and playing with Locke, knowing that eventually he's going to take Locke's body as kind of his last master play. Uh, That it definitely works in looking, reading this scene as, well, this is the man in black and he's trying to, like, not call Locke to the dark side, but he's trying to get into Locke and make Locke feel more special and really build Locke up knowing that he'll eventually take his body and uh, use Locke as his kind of big chess play. Um, So it is kind of interesting to look back on this scene if you think of this as the man in black, which it very likely is the man in black. So it's never explained? Well, it's, it's never explained, but it's very unlikely that this is Jacob. And we later see in season five finale, the cabin or season six. 
and they say, oh, Jacob has not occupied this cabin for many years. A sinister figure has taken over. It can only be the man in black. Mm. So it's not overtly explained of, oh, remember that time I was in the rocking chair? (laughs) But again, this is where Lost, sometimes their answers weren't these big answers. They were subtle things of, oh, a sinister figure has started to occupy this cabin. So it's not answered directly, but we basically know it has to be the man in black here. It's funny mentioning before about, like, don't call Claire a chair. She's in this cabin at some point in the future, isn't she? So Yeah, she does. she's in the chair. She becomes the chair. <laughs> that is quite funny to think about, actually. <laughs> my chair! Uh, such a great scene, though. I, I will maybe put it in my vote for the top five. Um, well, I don't know again, we got number one and two for this season, but... There's just so much uh, going for three, four, and five. I don't know what what's uh, it going to be. I had another uh, another scene in this episode as a potential top five, but um, we're about to Not get really. to that. <laughs> um, so Ben wants to know what Jacob said to him, and Lockhole's been a fraud. Uh, and then he notices, well, what we're going back a different way. Uh, and then ben, ben does admit to Ben, well, I've lied about something. So I wasn't born on this island. Uh, I'll show you where I came from. Uh, and this is where he takes him to the pit that you mentioned earlier, full of Dharma bodies. Uh, and he basically explains that one side eventually had to be purged. Uh, so we took all the Dharma people out. Uh, and then, in again, this, this show and their, their endings, of, season three does a great job of ending their episodes. Basically, Ben shoots Locke into the pit full of Dharma bodies, uh, which is so sinister and so shocking. And then what did he say? What did Jacob say? And I like, ben, Locke, help me. You've got to tell me, John. Uh, he said, help me. Well, I certainly hope he helps you, John. Mm. Locke's lying there bloody in the pit of bodies. End episode. Bloody Locke. Such a great ending. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, I I marked this down as potential top five. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, to me, it comes out of nowhere. Like, it just, it just bang, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? Um, and just layers to Ben, layers to Locke. Um, I mean, he's making a few layers on these bodies. Um, yeah, just, just amazing. And just, again, the acting of both of these guys is just beyond, you know, just, they should just rename the Emmys after these two. Just like <laughs> Best Actress, Michael Emerson. The best Emerson. Emmys. Ha ha ha. I see what you did there. Um, the Golgoquin Globes. Um, no, yours was it, better. It's such a... I mean, I think most people probably thought Locke wasn't going to die. But it really shows Ben of... Shit... Locke has killed his dad. He's coming in. He's taking over my role. I don't want this to happen. He saw Jacob. This guy's more special than me. What am I going to do? I'm going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Let's get rid of him. Let's just kill him. Like It's such a great... It's such a Ben thing to do. Uh, I think most people did probably think, well, Locke's not actually dead, but it still makes for a great ending of the episode. Um, well, we get a lot of that in this show, don't we? Oh, Locke's not really dead. Uh, so let's go into some trivia for this episode Uh, so uh, the episode shows that Ben's mother dies when he's born that may explain the obsession with trying to prevent pregnant women dying on the island well that's more 
theories than trivia, but um, again, they should have done the Annie thing. Uh, uh, when the barracks video is shown, Pierre Chang doesn't move his arm, suggesting as a prosthetic arm, but the video is shot before the incident that left him without a left arm. However, Ch- Chang is not seen long in the audit. Oh, God, this is dumb. Uh, oh, one of the skeletons in the grave can be seen to have a bullet hole in the head. God, so they didn't just gas them. They were shooting them as well. Somebody really paid uh, attention to that. Yeah, so Richard Alpert is shown in three different time frames. The first is when he meets Ben. Uh, then when Ben is a young man after the purge. And finally in the present. So he's not aged in any of those things. Um... Both Ben and Locke have mothers named Emily. Interesting, I guess. I saw that uh, before. Ben killed his father on his own birthday. <laughs> Therefore, both of his parents died on his birthday. I, I didn't. I didn't think of that. But I guess happy so. fucking birthday. Yeah. Uh, both Locke and Ben had their fathers killed to join the others such hostels. Oh, that's an interesting parallel. Uh, Richard dresses in a grungy pirate-looking gear for this episode only. <laughs> uh, let's see. Production notes. This is the first episode this season which all the cast members appear. Huh. Okay. Um, let's see. Baby Ben was portrayed by a baby girl called Amanda. <laughs> that This was 2007, so she would be... what? Uh, she would only be 12. <laughs> I was about to say, wouldn't it be fun to get her on the show? No, we're not Doug Hutchinson. We're not going to get a 12-year-old on the podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, the the figure on the chair was portrayed by Rob Kiker, the uh, prop master for Lost. Looked familiar. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's not really much. Yeah, well, yeah, not a good episode for trivia or production notes. Sorry about that. Um, so, Man Behind the Curtain questions. Has to be Richard Alpert. Why doesn't Richard age? And does he wear eyeliner? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we know the answer to that. He doesn't. <laughs> Fucking dick journalist. Um, uh, what is the deal with Richard not aging? I think that's... We've already got one about Jacob, right? So, so yeah, even though there are lots of questions, we've kind um, of got a, like an umbrella Jacob question. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had a who is Jacob question, didn't we? We'd have to. Jacob. Who is Jacob came on the same episode as Why Isn't Nathan Fillion in movies? <laughs> I guess uh, something about the cabin. What is the cabin? Yeah, what is the cabin, or who is in the cabin? Uh, we could have... Um, could Ben really see Jacob? Or was Ben really mm. talking to Jacob? Well, well, I guess that's kind of answered in this episode, though, isn't it? Mm. Um, what is Jack's plan? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're the ones... Did we... I don't think we had any questions about Ben's backstory, did we? Um, but I guess there were lots of answers in this que- in this episode, just not ones that we've asked. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm scrolling through his here. Uh, why is the four? Why is it the four people the others need? Did we ever answer that one back in season two, episode twenty-two? 
Um, yeah, we have answered that, really. Okay, so... Because it was Jack to do the surgery. It, it was Sawyer to make Jack uh, jealous with Kate and Sawyer, and it was Hurley to take the... God, we're bad. Okay, we'll cross that one out. Uh, why was Libby in the mental hospital? That's never answered, is it? Where did the food pallet come from? Who is the father of son's baby? We answered that one like two weeks ago. Oh, God. We're not trying very hard. <laughs> we don't go through these, do we? Uh, well, it proves this show does answer questions. We do, yeah. I'm just double-checking here. Um, lots of nuns. What is the Hurley bird? How did the Black Rock get into the jungle? What does it deal with the numbers? Why was Hurley in the hospital? Why is Walt special? What happened oh, to Nadia? What is the sickness? Who are the Who are the others? Have we answered that? Uh, we'll hold off on that for a little bit. What are the whispers? What is the cable in the water? Well, we can answer that one next week. Remember that. Who are Adam and Eve? Where's anyway? Yeah, okay. I'm going way back here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so lots of questions and lots of answers this episode, just not ones that we posed, but. Uh, so finally, what are we going to do with this one? Bin, rent, buy. It is a very strong buy. I've got lots of money to spend on this one this week. Um, and I've put it quite high. I've put it at number 12 on my list. Oh. So, uh, I've put it just below the man. Oh, no, sorry. That is the episode. I put it just below Tabula Rasa and just above Man of Science, Man of Faith. Wow. Hi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to buy. The flashback is great, reveals a lot about the island and Ben. The scene in the cabin and Michael Emerson is great, and the stuff with the island survivors is great. Uh, there's just so much packed into this episode, all the Jacob stuff, so definitely a buy from me as well. And I feel also, uh, subtle star of the episode, the bunny. Uh, we didn't mention anything about yeah. the bunny, so the bunny's bunny. back. Yeah, so this season there were lots of bins and low rents and whatnot, but there's some buys happening now. Uh, bought the brig and bought bought this one. We saved our money. Yeah, definitely wasn't buying early on, but nowadays we're this, we're going out with a bang. Uh, speaking of going out with a bang, penultimate episode before the two part finale. We're really made it through. It's been a long time coming for. Season three, and this one, it's basically part one of a three-part finale. It's basically the finale, uh, but not quite there. It's, a, it's, basically, it's the setup for the finale. Uh, it's Greatest Hits, Charlie's uh, Greatest Hits next week. Um, yes, it is Greatest Hits, it's, uh, and it's, it's a decent Charlie episode as well. Like I, I, I really like the flashbacks. I think it's kind of a clever way that they do them. Um, and yeah, there's just, I think if you go into this, having seen it before, like you can't help but get a bit emotional around a lot of the Charlie oh, yeah. stuff. Like it just, oh, the hug. Oh, just, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's uh, an emotional episode. Um, but I mean, if you've never seen this before, uh, you know, it's still a fun ride, but, um, yeah, it's, it's great. And there's no bad episodes for the remainder of this season. Let's be honest. Yeah, well, there's three episodes left, uh, but they're all good. Um, One possibly might be the greatest of all time. Yeah, potentially. Uh, So that's it. The Man Behind the Curtain, great episode. Finally, we got a Ben episode. Uh, 
really, if you think about it, there's only, what, three more Ben episodes left? It's never uh, about so, Yeah. So as, as great as he is, the character, not you, uh, there's not really a ton of Ben episodes in this show, uh, but most of them are good. Uh, yeah, so gr- great episode. Next week is Greatest Hits, so make sure that... Uh, you subscribe and do all that stuff that we always say that you should do and some of you do some of you don't but it's up to you it's, it's a free world but we always appreciate comment <laughs> yeah normally you don't do whatever we ask you to do but i don't blame you i wouldn't either uh so stay tuned next week will be greatest hits excited to get into that one uh in the meantime start writing lost two starring aaron um So my name is Noah, and I think you are the man behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz. And my name is Ben, and Roger, it hurts! Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.